This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, hello, all the folks at home, all the folks abroad, and all the ships at sea. I think that's how you say it, right? Uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to episode 107 of With Love and Justice for All, the official podcast of Project Sanctus, where we have discussions and conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation, with a special eye to the challenges that arise as spiritual seekers. I am your co-host, Reverend Ogan Holder, here with my partner in kind, Consciousness and Co-Creation, Reverend Kelly Isola. How are you doing today, Reverend Kelly? I'm doing good. I've had a good couple of weeks. I'm celebrating. <clears throat> it's awesome. sort of an internal celebrating. You can't tell from the outside I'm partying, but there's a party okay. on the inside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll leave that one where it is. Um, before we go any further, I would like to give a special birthday shout out to my daughter, Joy, who turned 23 last Friday. No way. I know. I know. I remember it's when a, she was a little, little. Yeah, me too. Um, and some days she might still behave like it, but um, very proud <laughs> nice. of, very proud of the uh, young woman she is becoming. And it was, it was good cause for celebration. And also, interestingly enough, um, a grief trigger. So I spent a few mm. days last week leading up to her birthday being triggered. Um, and it was part of the reason why we didn't do an episode last week. We didn't do an episode last week, did we? No, I don't think we did. No. Because uh, mostly I was not up for it. And, you know, as always, we are the proponents of the rest of the resistance of the honoring our feelings. So we didn't nobody pushed anybody to uh, record last week we knew we would we would get back to it we would catch up with it and uh um i'm much better space and i'm mood right now and you know it it really reminded me of the episode we did about grieving grieving while oppressed right right yeah which was just a couple weeks ago exactly um i think it was our last episode it was the last we recorded. One? yes it was <laughs> yes yeah. it was yep. it's felt like a while but it was the last episode we recorded so you know um i think i felt um and possibly you felt even though we didn't discuss it out loud that you know we we want to be one of those places that allow people the room that they need to grieve um so yeah so we did that and we took it. And um, if you were um, looking for an episode last week and didn't find one, um, apologies. And now you know why. Um, so, yeah. So whenever you find yourself in that space, if you 
can take the time to do it and take the time to do it. And if you didn't listen to our last episode around it, please go ahead and do it. We talked about how systems of oppression influence our culture of grieving or individual approach to grieving and maybe some steps you can take if you happen to be in a workspace that doesn't allow for the time you need to grieve or resurgence of grief. So yeah, check that out. Uh, meanwhile, back here in the real world and in real time, <laughs> we are also giving a shout out to listeners in the 45 of the 50 states, the uh, 24 plus countries around the world. Uh, please check us out on the interwebs at projectsanctus.com on the social medias at Get Our Holy On, Facebook and Instagram. And just a quick reminder that if you ever want to leave us a voicemail, you can do that at 413-GET-HOLY. That's 413-438-4659. A couple of reminders, Reverend Kelly, you got for us? Then we jumping in. Yes, I do have a couple of reminders. Uh, first is that our... Um, we have our two groups a month, our affinity groups. One is actually a communal group. First Wednesday of the month, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, U.S. Eastern time. Then the third Wednesday of the month is um, uh, for real a true affinity group. So there's a, a group for uh, BIPOC, uh, and then there's a group for those that identify as white bodies. And, and I believe next week is... Um, will be the communal group. It'll be the first Wednesday of October. Uh, and so you go to the website, projectsanctus.com and register so you can get the Zoom link. We also have, um, uh, Ogan is starting a men's group. It's called Better Together. And it's on, <clears throat> excuse me, it's on the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month, eight o'clock Eastern. Um, and I, I fully support this, I think, if more men, you know, kind of got together and to, since y'all created patriarchy, it'd be great if you could deconstruct it for us. We'll help, certainly. <laughs> we, but... we're, doing, we're, we're doing our best. Some of us, I some know. of us are, do, are doing our best. Um, <clears throat> let me say real quick, uh, the name of the group is called, full name is Men Better Together. Um, and um, it will be to register for this, uh, you have to go to my my personal website, uh, revoganholder.com slash men is the website. I think we'll uh, probably put a link upon Project Sanctus and uh, yeah. we'll be on the socials as well. But yes, you have to register ahead of time to get the Zoom link. Uh, some men have already signed up um, and our first uh, Zoom gathering will be on October the 11th. So every second and fourth Wednesday. So now my Wednesday nights are officially all full first and third is is the affinity groups second and fourth is the men's group um and while i'm over here in morocco because of the time <laughs> difference now every wednesday night i'll be starting a group at 12 30 or 1 a.m actually it's more like early thursday mornings <laughs> it'll be early thursday morning for me yeah yeah but you know i'm still young right <laughs> Sure, that sounds sure. good. Sure, as my mother will say, "I'll sleep when I'm dead." I keep trying to tell her stop saying that, and I do not. I just know. for the record, I do not subscribe to that at all. Well, and it doesn't even make sense, <laughs> but right? Apart from that, um, um, well, I'm 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 excited. Um, I I hope that more and more men, um, you know, 
slowly kind of grassroots find it and find you and other men because uh, it's really important work just like there's work for women to do there's work for white folks to do together there's work for you know um black folks to do together like you know and yeah. we all need to come together too and yes. um we have our individual work so find that at reverend rev slash men uh, and finally, you can support our podcast with donations by visiting the website, projectsanctus.com slash donate. Uh, it is, um, that's how we keep the train running. That's how we continue, you know, to make available the, all the different things that we do. And we do have some new things coming up in the next month and beyond. Um, we've had a little bit of a, a summer hiatus and uh, I think that's about all. Let's move on to uh, today's episodes, which is uh, headlines. We um, yeah. generally, generally do headlines on Fridays. And when we miss a Friday, sometimes we'll do it on a Tuesday. You know, this this thing about, you know, you said it at the beginning, but, you know, uh, rest is resistance. It really is an incredibly powerful way to live and to to deconstruct all the messages, you know, like, like the very first time, you know, wait, we're not going to have a podcast on Tuesday, but that's our schedule. Like, but we, we told people we'd show up and, you know, all of that chatter that goes on is that, that urgency, that pushing that, you know, arg is my word and learning to not, you know, move into that colonial settler mindset. You know, you do that enough and the healing that goes on is, you, you real for me anyway there's this huge uh healing around what i'm supposed to around obligation you know obligation oh, yeah. is a weapon of scarcity and, mm. uh, oh whoa 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 don't blow past that say that again <laughs> i said obligation is a weapon of scarcity all right you're gonna have to mean that i had never heard that before and that is resonating so hard right now obligation is a weapon of scarcity and you know where that shows up a lot i don't know if you're going to get the headlines today we just go we i don't know <laughs> we made that shows <laughs> that shows up so much in relationships right yes in relationships yes. especially you know like in like romantic relationships and stuff this is up for me now because i'm blogging about this a lot um some folks had asked me um a while back more than a few folks are like you know tell us more about your polyamorous journey tell us what it's like tell us a, you know the, the the spiritual angle tell us all these things people are asking for a whole bunch of reasons so i decided to sit down and start writing and 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 this energy that the the scarcity mentality of is is so tied in to the monogamous relationship mindset and yeah. i always got to remind people like you know I am, I am not an anti-monogamous person. I am an anti-do-anything-because-it's-been-the-cultural-norm-and-we-never-thought-about-it-and-didn't-realize-we-had-options. That's, but that's, that's too long for anti. the t-shirt. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I've seen t-shirts with or a the lot bumper of bumper sticker. You know, <laughs> yeah. hey, trademark, trademark. We're calling it now. We should really okay. put some t-shirts with that. Um, we should. We really should. We really should. Um, okay. So... <laughs> So, but the thing is that 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 scarcity mindset, which then leads to, to obligation and it, it leads to, you know, uh, making agreements that betray our true self and all the, all the different things. Obligation is a weapon of scarcity. Is that what you just said? Yes. 
There are several weapons of scarcity. One of the most insidious and most harmful is obligation. Obligation. uh, We don't ever stop to think, is this, is this good for me? Is this good for our relationship? Is this good for the community as a whole? Is this, we're just do it because we said we would. Um, but you have do a don't you have a prosperity or abundance class coming up soon? Didn't I see this? I do, I do. It's called enough of this generosity. Um, Why didn't we mention this in our? We should we should mention this in our I'm uh, slow. upcoming things. All right. Because I was busy having my party on the inside. <laughs> would, you, would you like to say something about it now? Yeah, sure. It's called uh, enough of this generosity thing. You can find it actually on. Uh, projectsanctus.com under um, events. Um, I have it listed there. And it's, it, this is not your, you know, this is, I don't use the word prosperity because it's, mm-hmm. it's gotten so uh, colonized, <laughs> you know, it's gotten so beat up and it's so about money. And that's not what prosperity is about. Um, you know, prosperity is, uh, it actually, the um, prospero is the root of the word, and that means to hope for. Mm. Um, so, so this class, enough of this generosity, is I don't talk about prosperity. What I do talk about is a scarcity mindset, right? Nice. A scarcity and separation, because um, we get stuck inside the scarcity. We we either deny it or we don't even notice that we're in it, and and it's one of the things that helps that keeps systems of oppression propped up because if i work to dismantle racism sexism classism there's a belief that i'm going to lose we do believe it's a zero-sum game um or that it's not you know we we do think that it is a zero-sum game that that if i get something you're going to lose something or your good takes away from my good um and we just, we live there largely, largely unconsciously. Um, and when we're stuck in it, uh, it just becomes too difficult to create anything lasting. And there really isn't any hope of creating and, something lasting. And the other piece that goes along with that is that a lot of, in spiritual circles, a lot of the prosperity slash abundance teachers tend to be very um, self-centered, and not in the yeah. healthy way. It becomes just, it's its really all about, you know, what can I get? How can I prosper? It loses the true community justice lifting each other up element of yeah. it. Um, I recently, I don't know if you saw this, um, uh, a, a minister, a unity minister, a mutual friend of ours wrote an article around, does unity teach the prosperity gospel? I don't know if right. you saw this, but I read it. The answer, uh, their their take was no, we do not, and they give the reasons why. Yeah. And I am preparing my rebuttal because <laughs> because I'm like, mm, you know, yes and no, really. Yeah. <laughs> no. You, I, it, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know. Um, I saw it. I have not read it. So now I'm going to have to go read it. Um, it was one. It was one of those things where it was. What they said wasn't, there was nothing wrong or incorrect in what they said, technically. But <laughs> I all, but it was wrong. But you know, it's no, it's never, listen, it's, it's half the time is not so much what the principle is as opposed to how you teach it and how it is used. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I'm reading this thing and we're going like, okay, technically there's everything in here seems 
accurate. And this is kind of really not how this is taught in a lot of places. And I'll be the first to confess that as a church minister, I was one of the folks guilty of, of teaching the you know, new thought abundance principles in a way that was really around a, uh, like I said, um, uh, very just simply individual focused. And then two, also a heavy piece on the tithing as a way to basically get money for the church. Um, yeah. That's that, you know, there, there are a lot well, of, like, there are a lot of teach churches out there that teach tithing classes basically as fundraisers. Um, and that's, and, a, and that's all that a, that does mm -hmm. tithing and tithing is a transaction. So it's always going to tap into someone's sense of not enoughness. Yes. Uh, their sense of inadequacy. And, um, and I know that there's somebody listening that's going to go, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. And, um, but when I've tithed, I've gotten this. Okay. I don't, you know, I'm not going to disagree. It's not like there's, I'm not going to say there's zero impact. However, right. there's this unconscious, unexamined assumption that goes on underneath tithing that is about a transaction. If exactly. it is, we're, then that. Yeah, we're not arguing the principle. We're arguing about how the principle has been used, right? I remember, yeah. I remember one Sunday saying to folks, I don't care where you tithe or how much you tithe. I care that you tithe so yes go ahead do it but you don't even have to just tithe here to this church in fact you don't have a tithe to this church at all that did not go right. well <laughs> i'm sure you had a job the next week after that <laughs> you know did they put did they did they uh put a hold on your raise <laughs> it kind of was like i was like Reverend Ogan, you can't say that i was like yes i kind of can you know yeah, no i, I, I already I, did I kind of already did. I understand. I understand what that could, what, why that scares you to hear that, and what that could potentially mean for our bottom line. And at the same time, if we're telling people basically you have to tie there, it's basically saying to people, your tithe only counts if we get your money, and that's yeah. not how tithing works. That's that's I not know. true. So it's like you're not saying it, but you're saying it. So perhaps you know. And again. I was the I was one of the biggest perpetrators of the of the misappropriation of the message the the in the and you know change my change my sort of change my tune eventually um, yeah. around around it uh, and around how much you tithe and how often you tithe and, and all the all the things that you know are just traditionally part of the message that makes to your point makes a lot of people feel inadequate and ashamed and all the things and, and that's. That's not what it's there for. Um, no. Nope. So, anyways, all yeah, right. Yeah, it's <laughs> well. So, just yeah, a couple. I just want to wrap that up um, because it's going to tie into uh, uh, some of what we're the headlines we're going to talk about is. Well, yes, you know, that's why we're here. Of, yeah. This, <laughs> I forgot for a second. That's why we're here. Headlines. Yeah. Well, so this, this, you know, as a weapon of scarcity, um, it's it it's why you know the Republicans and um, and and anyone like the far right Republicans and MAGA and like they're just working so hard to dismantle and blow up democracy because there's a belief that they're gonna lose out on something. 
it just is. Well, th- uh, you know, I, th- that's not a that's not a incorrect belief because they don't have any policies true. that that majority of Americans support. Even even their big uh, what's the word bullywick their big their big their big club of around abortion. The majority yeah. of Americans, when you know a, a, across the board, both Democrat and Republican, when you average them together, the majority of Americans, even majority of Republicans, by the way, when you poll them, when you poll the party separately, the majority of Republicans believe in the woman's right to choose in bodily autonomy on keeping abortions right. legal, and we see this being, you know, voted and enshrined in the state's constitutions, or at least the ability to to not. Uh, voted out is happens all the time. So that's a losing, that's a losing battle. Um, even, even more and more now we, we, as you poll again, just Republicans, they're like, Oh, this, this entire war against like trans people is like, we don't, we kind of really don't understand why this is happening and we don't approve of it and like that. So that's beginning to shift as well. So yeah, they don't they don't have win in policy. So all they can do is try to seize right. seize control by nefarious means. Hence the headline of our episode, which we will which we will now yeah, segue I, back into. Right, but one second, because I have one, I have something else, something oh, I came okay. across that I don't think I I don't think I told you about. So Uh-oh. I got a, a um a, a newsletter. I guess it's not a newsletter, but a letter that a, a church, a unity church sent out to its congregation, to its mailing list. Um, mm-hmm. And in all caps, I don't think they, the person that sent it realized that uh, all caps- All caps are yelling. That. Yes. <laughs> yes, no, I don't think so. Because the subject line says, very important, how much is unity of blah, blah, worth to you? And I'm like, so I read the subject line and I'm like, okay, so already you're trying to guilt me. Um, and then in, in the body of the letter, I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a sentence to you. And uh, okay. anyway, I'll tell you the first thing that thought came up in my head. This is what it says. So I'm asking the question, how do you use unity to make your life better? And what's it worth to you to continue to have access to it? Oh, oh, oh. You want to know what so I a, thought? So there's a, there's a threat of withholding? <laughs> Apparently now unity is selling indulgences. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. That was, I swear to God, that was the first thing that went through my head. I'm like, uh, isn't that like an indulgence? You know. Now I will I will I will give them the benefit of doubt. And what they're really saying is like if we don't pay the bills, the place is gonna shut down and you won't have a place, a community to come to. They could have worded that a lot better, though. <laughs> yes. Well, the opening line is they had this town meeting and then they said, um, you know, the church is running at a twenty five hundred dollar a deficit per month. Oof. And they have a thirty thousand dollar shortfall for the year. Oof. And and then there's another line that says, I think of the church in the same way I think of a house where a group of people who love and get value out of the house live. If the expenses are not being met, the people living in the house rise to meet them because they love that house and want to stay in it. And I'm thinking, what house have you lived in? Any yeah. house I've ever lived in, if you can't afford it, you freaking sell it and move. Sell the house. Yes. <laughs> what is, I just, 
And that's, oh, and there's even more to this letter that I'm just like, oh my God, guilt, 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 guilt. I'm like, thank you for, you know, Mm. could you be any, you know, I don't, you know, gotta be an old white man that wrote this. (laughs) I don't hear guilt. I hear desperation. I hear desperation. And I hear, if I share the rest with you, you go, okay, I hear guilt too. (laughs) But I also hear a denial of reality. That yeah. the reality is, yeah, you can't afford the space anymore. Let let yeah. it go, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. Anyways, <sighs> that being said, I, you know, I was pastor when we had to sell our church building, and given how people react, I would not wish that on my worst enemy. That's, I get that. I've I've walked several thing. churches through the process, and you know what? You know, open your eyes, put on your big girl panties. You know, it is what it is. It is what it is. This is true. This this is this is true. This is true. Okay, and what's now we interesting, can segue. You're right. You're right. Okay. You're right. This is a this wait, is the whole. What other... is what? Wait. What's interesting? No. No. Okay. All right. This is a this is a whole other episode. We need to do. Make it a note. We need to do a whole okay. episode on on scarcity. Got it. Obligation and scarcity. Yeah. There you go. That's a whole. Okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> if you're if you're still listening. <laughs> right <laughs> yes which i'm sure you are oh, I, I have faith in goodness. that oh well you know good good for you good for you your faith is your faith is stronger <laughs> than mine um so this original this the original title of this episode we might need to retitle it <laughs> go the revs we'll go see. on a segue revs on right. a segue Ooh, <laughs> like that revs on a segue and other headlines on a segue, another headline. um so it really is about voting as we were as we were uh, about to jump into the lengths that some folks are going to to restrict um, access to voting yeah um, simply because they realize they don't have popular policies or winning yep. policies and we, we we talked about this a few weeks ago and even since we've talked about it you know more stuff's happening what do we got well, uh, Pennsylvania just approved actually one of the best tools for fighting voter suppression because um, uh, just cities and states that are the far hardcore Republicans that, you know, what's, and let me, little segue, um, is what's so frustrating and makes me so angry is these far right Republicans that are you know, holding up, you know, getting anything done that are about to to make, you know, government shut down. They're not even voting the way their constituents would want them to vote, you know, on most everything. Yeah. So and and what I'm about to say is is points to that. So the, the state of Pennsylvania just approved a fabulous tool for fighting voter suppression. And that is that when you um, uh when you get your driver's license or if you, um, you know, change it, like you change your address or, or whatever, or renew it and you're not registered to vote, you will automatically be met registered to vote. Um, and um, like, I, I would think that whatever, however you identify independent, Democrat, Republican, whatever, that you would want more people out voting you know, come out and vote. Um, But Donald Trump has, of course, gone off the deep end with it and um, 
and is really pushing hard that this is a threat and that the Democrats are trying to steal Pennsylvania again by doing this automatic voter registration. He's calling it a scam. Um, he, he just, you know, his usual rants on his own truth social. Um, but um, the, the GOP loses more often uh, when there's more people that vote. So I understand why they would be perhaps uh, upset. And you don't know how everybody's gonna vote. Like it's, our, it's one of the few rights we have as a citizen is the right to vote. Well, they know, they, they know that to your point that, um, you know, when you look, let's just use a presidential election as an example. Yeah. I don't remember the last election that a Republican president won the popular vote. When you take the vote right. tallies, right? And the fact that you can um, win the popular vote and still lose the election tells you like, A, it's time to get rid of the electoral college. It's, I mean, yes. it's, it's time yeah. has come and passed, one. And the fact, because we have the electoral college, you know, every presidential election comes down to like, you know, a handful of states. I don't know why we bother to let the other states even vote. <laughs> Right. It just comes down. It always comes down to this, <laughs> yeah. like what five five states, right? You know, and yep. and to your the point, battleground. the battleground states, and technically every state is a battleground state. But um, we should call them we should call them um, questionable battleground states or indeterminable, indeterminable, indeterminate battleground yep. states. Could go either way. Um, so so yes, let's go to the lengths we need to ensure again a, a victory in the state that we know our policies are not gonna win the popular vote count you know so yeah i don't know i really feel like if they would put their energy into doing good like if they would put their energy into i know back in something that people really want to happen I think they would realize how much easier it is to win. I mean, not to try and help them yeah. out here, but <laughs> like, well, you know, just something substantive um, instead of just, you know, let's, let's go, you know, we have to find something on Joe Biden so we can impeach him while the way the process they're going about it is, you know, illegal. <laughs> so. I think if the Republicans were to come out in front of national legalization of marijuana, they would, they would, they would clean up. No kidding. I think they'd have a lot more people vote for them. They would have um, a lot more people vote for them. The other, the other thing about the voting and the reason is, um, and again, coming back to the, you know, I'm going to lose something um, and they are going to lose something. They're, they're going to lose that, that far right, you know, um, they're going to lose on racism. They're going to lose on sexism, on classism. You know, they're going to, we're fighting, we're literally fighting for democracy. So the, the other thing about voting is that there are six states that cast ballots in, when, in votes in 2022, there's six states that did it under illegal maps. Mm. So there's six states, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Ohio, uh, and South Carolina, all had maps, congressional maps, that were illegal. Uh, and yet, 
um, people cast their votes under those maps, like how the districts are, are mapped out. Of course, right. we know the term is gerrymandering. Um, and the good, the one thing that's, it's slowly making its way through the courts though, and again, why we need to be out voting and vote the crazies out of office. But in, in so what Alabama did was um, their, uh, dis congressional district maps were in violation, and all of those six states, their congressional district maps were all in violation of either the 14th Amendment, Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, or they were in violation of their own state constitution. Um, and so, uh, uh, so Alabama um, said, we're not going to, the Supreme Court said you need to uh, redraw your maps because they were so horribly gerrymandered and not quite as bad as Wisconsin, but they needed to redraw their map to, um, you know, for some upcoming um, elections. And what it would mean is that it would be another district for black voters. So black voters could, you know, elect who they wanted. Um, and so the court said, you have to change your maps. And Alabama said, no, we're not gonna do it. And they submitted another map and that got struck down and said, you need to redraw your maps. So they submitted another one again, no, you have to do it. You know, they're not, they keep saying no, the Republican legislature. Finally, it's, you know, the Supreme Court says, okay, since you're not doing it, we're gonna do it for you and hands the map to him. And Alabama again goes, yeah, I don't think so. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, um, so, but it's, you know, they're, they're fighting their way through it. And it's, it's really a fight for fair maps. Um, and again, the Republicans requested to use the map we've drawn, you know, like they kept changing it a little bit when they would redraw it. And again, right. three judge panels said, nope. Um, and they have to use, you know, the new maps, the, uh, the redistricting plan that the court has put in place for them. We'll see if they do. What a time to be alive. I just don't, you know, it's again, it, it may not be the uh, most interesting thing to talk about, but it's really, it's, I just keep harping on that. Yeah, we have to have people out voting. Um, well, it is, it, it, it is important because, because if they get away with doing it, then you know there's going to be a bunch of other states that yep. do it as well, including some of those battleground states. And, right. Yeah. Well, some of them have managed to, like Michigan, have managed to make headway. Um, Florida, it's the fifth district, congressional district, a very mm -hmm. heavily uh, black district that got dismantled. Um, and a Florida judge blocked the new map uh, that dismantled. They call it um, cracking or packing. I'm like, wow, they even have a name for it. Wow. Um, I know. So, and cracking means diluting the vote, you know, mm -hmm. drawing the map so it dilutes um, who's living where or packing, meaning you draw the map so you can, you know, stack the deck to have who you want within a district to vote Republican. So anyway, the other, um, other you know, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Ohio, and South Carolina, they're all being challenged. They're all working their way through the courts. So I do feel a little hopeful because the, the court continues to say no. Good. I know. That is good. Um, and one of the interesting pieces that 
is coming up for this election is um, and has been uh, a constant fight again for votes is um, allowing um, felons who have served their time yeah. and have been released uh, from jail, prison, they've completed the sentences, give them, giving them the right to vote back. Yeah. And it's interesting that, and I think you mentioned this when we did the vote, the last episode about voting rights, um, convicted, previously convicted felons who have served their time, paid their debt to society, as you say, are no longer allowed to vote. In very few states have they regained their right to vote. But we're about, but the but the front runner of a party for the presidential election is indicted under four different, 91 counts. 91 counts. <laughs> indicted. 91 yeah. charges have been brought against this person. And what'll be interesting is there is no law again that says he can't run as president, even if he is found guilty of the charges. So to be clear, a convicted who has served his time citizen of the U.S. can't vote unless, you know, there are certain states where that has been overturned, but even that right. is suspect. Um, and, and some people are being set up for that. Looking at you, Florida. But you're saying that quite possibly uh, um, a presidential front runner who may be, who if he becomes convicted of a crime, can be president. I feel that there's something fundamentally wrong with that equation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more than a feeling. I think it's common sense. <laughs> I mean, um, if if he's going to be allowed to run and could and and I think that all these people who have served their time should be allowed to vote. That's I think pretty straightforward. Yeah. Well, it's it uh, for me. Yes, they should be allowed to vote. Uh, like they've they've, you know, whatever their punishment was, you know, they've done that, right? So that yes. here's the punishment. Here's the price you pay. I did that. So reinstate me as a citizen, like in yes. all its ways. Um, there, you know, it's the um, and then and then I think it wasn't it in Florida that. Okay, we'll we'll let you vote, but you have to pay all your fines, which yes. was this. It's like a twenty first century poll tax. Yes, yes, um, it was. It was ridiculous. Um, speaking of people being punished for ridiculous things, um, <laughs> essentially being black, um, yeah. you know, um, just weeks um, after um, signing this uh, Crown Act into law in Texas. And the Crown Act is basically, it bans race-based hair discrimination. So if you don't know what that is, um, in different places, um, schools, places of business, et cetera, uh, especially when they're white folk in charge, um, black people and other people of color who tend to well, I don't know, have their hair in natural hairstyles or braids, yeah. locks, whatever, have been told your hair is not appropriate for this workplace or this school place. And you have to change it or you can't come back. You have to change it or you might lose your job. You have to change it or you might be expelled. We've seen videos of people actually taking scissors to 
the hair yes, of young, that football young folks. Game? Yes. Yeah. Um, so we have the story um, of a black student being suspended for his hair um, hairstyle just days after the Crown Act uh, takes place um, in Heston. So this is a student, Daryl George. He's a junior at a suburban Houston high school. And he's on in-school suspension as he challenges dress code policy that prohibits him from wearing his hair in locks. So, yeah, um, he says that the uh, school district is violating the state's Crown Act. And at the same time, the school is saying that they have a right to uh, insist the students yeah. wear the hair um, um, in a certain way. So, yeah. Just like after Brown versus Board of Education, when the law is you need to desegregate your schools and half of the South goes, no, we don't. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And we all remember that um, when that happened, uh, it basically had to be militarily enforced. Yes. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's that's weird. I'm well, trying to look up got... to, to see if because uh, this this headline is um, this was a couple of weeks old, but he's still no nope, still suspended. Um, yep. Was, well, he's fighting for he's he's not giving up because he doesn't want others that come behind him to have to go through the same thing. That yeah. this is the law that you can't refuse me. There's the Crown Act. You know, hello. Um, exactly. Exactly. But the school says that the that they're not violating the Crown Act because the law, the Crown Act, does not apply to hair length. So I'm like, for the love of God. Um, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so also, also, you know, I gotta gotta give credit where credit is due. Texas did a good thing. <laughs> they, yeah. They signed the Crown Act into law. The governor. Greg Governor Abbott. Abbott. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Pains I me to what say. He was smoking when he signed it. Pains me to say. He did a good thing. He signed this crown act into law. Now reinforced the damn thing already. Jesus. Anyways. Yep. All right. Yeah. What else? What else we got in our headlines? Um, well, remember that. Um, so last last summer we did a, a fiction book book club like we usually oh, are our 846 yeah. book club um you know is nonfiction. but then we did a fiction series and um and uh one of the books was the other black girl which if you haven't yes. read the other black girl it's a very good book and now it is um uh it's it's uh, being made a into TV. a tv yes tv series on yes. hulu yep yep um, and the the um, the other black girl follows uh, a girl named Nella. She's an editorial assistant at Wagner Books, and she finds herself exhausted and fed up with being the only black girl at the company. That is until Hazel is hired. But as Hazel starves, you know, as she begins to rise, Nella spirals out and discovers something sinister that's going on at the company. And um, it's uh, and and it's a you know it's about it's it's a you know, it's while it's a novel, there's obviously, you know, truth in it um, in terms of mm -hmm. systems of oppression and, and racism. But but it's a really, really good book. And I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing it. 
um, and this and not just watch. not just I was gonna say not just systems of oppression, but how BIPOC people of color and, yeah. and indigenous people are often forced to have to alter who they are in order to fit yes. into those spaces. Right. So we yep. were just talking about hairstyles and the crown act part of this book. Part of this book deals heavily with with hair and right. and, and hairdos and hair accessories and hairstyles. Um, and what often also happens is a thing called code switching, where black folks show up in predominantly white workspaces and we got to talk differently because. Yeah. yeah so so there's a, there's well, a lot you of see, you see all that all that played out between Noah and Hazel. And yes. um yeah. Anyway, just read the book and, uh, you know, watch. I'm looking forward to watching it. Also, people, um, I, I did get a few earlier this year, a few inquiries as to if we were going to be doing the summer book series again. And and I chose not to do it simply because when I did it last year by our last couple books, um, you know, nobody was actually yeah. showing up for right. uh, for the book club. So so part of me was very um, intentional about where I put my energies uh, this year. Yep. And, yeah. you know, there's there's a thing about if we keep planning events that no one show up for, it's uh, maybe we don't need to be planning these events. Maybe it's a thing that doesn't need to be planned. Um, but I might revisit it next summer. I don't know. Maybe it needed a time to marinate. <laughs> yeah, but, could be. But who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm also thinking maybe to go purely like the, the like sci-fi uh, um, route, some Octavia Butler, some N.K. Jemison, yeah. like yeah. maybe just maybe just go that like black fantasy route. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. TB, TBD. You never know what we're up to. I don't think we know what we're up to. <laughs> well, and so no one else does. And so no one else does. <laughs> it's not you guys. It's us. <laughs> Le- Where are we on the time? Maybe, maybe let's do one more headline because we, we, did, we, did, we did start off on a tangent. Yes. Well, I think the one, uh, I don't know if any one headline that really uh, caught my eye, and this is about a month ago, um, uh, is around public schools relying uh, on underpaid female labor. Oh, shocker. And how, <laughs> well, I don't think we say that. It's not really a shocker. However, I don't know that we ever stop to think about it or talk about it. Um, right. You know, most, uh, you know, most teachers uh, are women. And, yes. and we know the wage gap between men and women uh, and, you know, white women being paid, what is it, 85% of men, and then uh, what men get paid, and then black women is even uh, less than that, is like 70, 70, 72%. And then indigenous mm-hmm. women is like 57%. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so I just, I guess I, you know, it's not necessarily a shocker, uh, and I wanted to draw attention to that, you know, while there's lots going on in schools, like all the book banning and, you know, that God forbid we teach actual American history, the, there's this underlying thing of, you know, relying on underpaid female labor and, 
I mean, not only is it not sustainable, but we're chipping away at what's not sustainable by book banning and, you know, teachers now not being allowed to teach, you know, what they've been trained to teach. You know, they're the they're the experts, but we have to tell them what to teach. So um, the article we're referring to is in educationweek.org. Um, as always, uh, when we do the headlines, I'll put the links up in the podcast show notes. Um, and it's interesting. I'm reading, let me read the first, the first paragraph because it's yeah. like, oh my God. Uh, so five years into teaching high school math, Tanya Clark glimpsed the career path she would have taken if she had only known it existed. Actuarial scientist, a profession that relies on a deep understanding of statistics to assess risk and figure out how to minimize it. Median pay is upward of $106,000 and you don't have to help run active shooter drills. Yeah, I read that and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Don't have to help run active shooter drills. So, So not only are we talking, again, as you say, underpaid female labor, um, but now we have the added pressure of schools not being safe spaces because again, circle back to the, who do we vote into power? Um, You know, just just this, we keep keep giving folks easy access to guns and, and yeah, and here we are. Well, so, and so even though, would... you know, even though the, you know, things have changed some in the, you know, last 20, 30, 40, 50 years in terms of women in the workforce, you know, and, mm-hmm. and some easier access to careers in medicine or, you know, or law or, you know, sciences or, or vice president. Um, still, the teaching profession is about 75% women, female. Um, yes. why, and yet at the same time, the upper echelons, right, the superintendents, the principals, the, all of these, you know, the, the upper uh, quote unquote class of school districts are pretty much male. Yeah, um, I mean, which is parallel to the business world, right? Um, yep. yeah. All the, the vast majority, the vast, vast majority of CEOs um, are men. The vast majority of those men are white. So yep. by yeah. changes have been made. And what is that? The more things change, the more things stay the same. Isn't that the same? Yeah. 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 So so, but it's important to, yes, to not get, not get, not hang your head in despair. But the only way things change is again, we keep drawing attention to them, keep voicing the injustice. And also, again, to underscore what we've been saying this podcast vote, vote people into office, regardless of their party affiliation, who are for making sustainable, equitable changes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there's one, one more, let's end on a good note, the uh, DC Comics. You want to end on an up note with that one? Sure. So, um, um, this is good news also for Marvel fans. Not really. I mean, I don't, you know, we got, we got DC people, we got Marvel people, but um, this, uh, the writer, Alan Moore, um, you may know him from Watchmen, V for Vendetta, 
Um, he's he's written a bunch of um, you, uh, some of the Batman um, graphic novels. Um, he is asking that uh, DC Comics, instead of paying him the royalty checks, send his royalty checks to uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, he says um, he planned to divide his royalties with other creators and writers um, involved with the films and series that, that he's helped write. Um, but he says, I don't really feel with recent films that they have stood by what I assumed were their original principles. So I asked mm -hmm. for DC Comics to send all of the money from any future TV series of films to Black Lives Matter. Um, he says these innocent and inventive and, imag and imaginative stereo superhero characters from the 40s, 50s, and 60s are being recycled to a modern audience as if they were adult fair. Um, he's been vocal about his displeasure with his work being reimagined for adults um, and things shifting away from, from children's audiences. Um, and he, he simply says that, uh, you know, it's um, that, that a lot of these um, like, well, I guess he's just speaking for DC Comics, since that's who he writes for, um, straying away from the from their values. Um, um, so he's like, yeah, don't don't pay me, but let's let's put our money, put your money where your mouth is and send my royalties directly to Black Lives Matter. So 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 good for him. Um, and these are, uh, again, royalty, yeah, royalties that come from film, film and television adaptations of his work. Um, speaking of Hulu, they did a really, I think, brilliant adaptation of The Watchmen. Um, if you're into that, go take a look at that. Um, so, so thank you um, um, to uh, to Alan Moore for that. And yeah, I think more folks, if they can afford to do that, should do that. And also, more organizations, you know, need to take a look at where they're sending some of their profits. I know. Yep. All right. He, so he is more better? <laughs> well, I think so. Um, so on that note, and with sincere apologies for not giving you a lot of headlines, but we think you so... Uh, <laughs> we gave a few good ones. Ben benefit, uh, benefited from our, uh, our the rabbit hole we went down uh, at, at the top of the show. Um, um, thank you as always for listening um, please tell your friends about us know that you can find us wherever um, you can find your podcasts all the podcast platforms and if you have that one friend who still struggles to understand what a podcast is you can find us on the old school interwebs at with uh, sorry yes with love and justice for all dot podbean dot com we need to not take more than a week off from from podcasts and it's like i just get out of rhythm that is again with love and justice for all dot podbean dot com please join our affinity groups please check out my men's group men better together um and visit projectsanctus.com to learn all about what we do how you can get involved and to make donations so until we meet again let's get our holy on